Hi, I'm Clarissa, and you are listening to Listen and Know, a premenstrual disorder health podcast. This podcast is for women who are struggling with premenstrual disorders, PMDs. I'll be talking about everything from symptoms to treatments to coping strategies. If you're new to PMDs, you're not alone. Millions of women around the world suffer from these conditions, and yet PMDs are still relatively unknown and misunderstood. That's why I'm here. I want to raise awareness of PMDs and help women who are struggling to find the support they need. I'll be releasing new episodes every week, so be sure to subscribe and leave me a rating and a review. And if you have any questions or topics that you'd like me to cover, please let me know. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join me on this journey to better understand and manage PMDs. Please note, this podcast might bring up topics that are sensitive in nature because we share personal experiences with PMDs. Hey friends, welcome back to Listen and Know. Today, we're actually going to do something different than I haven't done uh, so far in the past couple episodes, and that is to have a day where we have uh, PMDD real talk. So um, what this entails is me throughout uh, my cycles, pulling thoughts and um, experiences, Not well, not only through mine, but also from other people, forums that I'm a part of and clients that I have who are willing to share anonymously the things that they go through. I really want to shed light on how um, PMDD or any sort of premenstrual disorder in general really affects our mindset and how we view the world. It's kind of like you're wearing uh, extremely dark sunglasses in an already kind of darkened room. Um, really hard to see things clearly, uh, maybe even prescription sunglasses and, um, just not, just not really be able to, um, be a hundred percent ourselves. However, in the back of our head where we are still there, um, it's kind of like, you know, that there are two sides of you. You know, I like to explain PMDD, like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, type of, uh, experience when it comes to what goes on inside, uh, your brain when PMDD talks versus when, you know, my normal Clarissa self talks. So today I'm going to get kind of raw and real with you and vulnerable with you. If this is not something that you're interested in, you're welcome to skip over it. Um, but I think that it will allow more people to have courage to speak up when they are not feeling okay and maybe give them even some words or some language to use to be able to explain to maybe a spouse or a friend or a parent what they're going through because I know that I didn't have that. And I have really appreciated that I have found places to be able to uh, relate to those who have um, what I'm going through. This also might be able to uh, be a good thing just in general mental health to understand how distorted thoughts work and what they sound and look like in somebody else's head. Um, Everybody has some distortion of thought, but when you're experiencing some sort of mental illness or uh, mental disorder, that those distorted thoughts are heavy and they're often and they're very powerful in how you end up acting throughout your day. So we're just going to kind of head in. Um, I am taking today uh, five or six questions that I have been asked uh, 
if I have these types of symptoms and explaining a little bit about uh, how I feel when I do have these symptoms or if I don't, um, I just wanted to share the things that I had been asked. So the very first thing that I have been asked in just recent uh, time is if I feel insecure or have internalized shame. Um, I think that there is a sort of sorrow that I experience constantly knowing that the ebb and flow of PMDD will uh, come and go. So first of all, let me backtrack. If you are new to this, you might want to go listen to the episode on premenstrual disorders and get kind of an idea of where we're headed. This is specifically through premenstrual disorder uh, lens, this podcast. And so I will relate my experiences and my coaching um, and all this expertise that I share through the lens of premenstrual disorders. So just putting that out there. But there's always some sort of um, underlying sorrow that I ex- that I feel for myself and those around me in knowing that there will be an ebb and a flow, knowing that PMDD will come back and it's not just like this one and done thing. Like there is a no happily ever after for me in PMDD. Um, specifically, it's the worst when... I have maybe had some sort of small outburst of PMDD uh, or after I come out of the fog of PMDD, that is specifically where it's so, so bad, the shame, because mainly because we are we are kind of in a very destructive stage during PMDD, those who experience it, at least I am, where it's really hard to manage any sort of extra stress, you know, any drop of stress versus like a bucket of stress. If you're going through something stressful, it just exponentially explodes PMDD symptoms or PMDD symptoms will explode that stress. There is definitely a sort of shame feeling like, uh, I am the worst. I am the broken one. Um, and in all honesty, like sometimes that's a pretty honest statement. Like my body really doesn't work right. And, um, they don't know, you know, people don't know how to solve this PMDD. People don't know how to, uh, manage it very well yet. And, uh, even with all the science advancements that we've had so far, um, we're not quite there. And, uh, I do know that there would probably be a part of my family or my friends that would do better with somebody who could stay emotionally and mentally consistent, uh, because I can't, that's just not, uh, that's just not who I am with PMDD. Um, the second one, well, and to go back in, to drop into that just a little bit further, I think the shame was even greater when I was uh, living in my parents' home and not married, uh, just because we want to please our parents so much. And at that point in my life, I didn't know what was wrong with me, which will lead into our next question, but I didn't know what was wrong with me. I thought that I had uh, sinned or broken rules where I deserved that sort of mental health and really like the, the, 
the phrasing that I use often is scum of the earth. In a lot of my journal entries, in a lot of uh, the conversations that I have, like that is truly um, sometimes how I feel uh, during PMDD episodes. So yes, there is a lot of internalized shame and it's excruciatingly not only mental, but emotionally and physically painful. Uh, It just eats. All right. So the second question that I have had about PMDD is if I have thought I've had a BPD, bipolar, or any sort of personality disorder. And the answer is 150% yes. In fact, when my parents first took uh, me into a psychologist to see if they could get some help for me, the psychologist actually, and this was early 90s, so bipolar disorder wasn't uh, really a thing yet. I mean, it was it was just still in its beginning stages, but um, the psychologist suggested that I might have bipolar um, disorder and my parents, but he said she has a lot of the symptoms, but not all of them. So let's just watch that before we make a decision. And it wasn't... Um, I think that they realized without realizing it, that I was kind of more cyclical than random episodes, but a lot of, uh, women who have PMDD or, um, PME do have these disorders because they are so similar and they go in hand in hand so easily. Um, another one would be like ADHD as well. So, but you have to understand that like my PMDD didn't come from any sort of traumatic experience, um, which is another conversation for another day. But a lot of people, they have a disorder already. And then when their hormones shift, it heightens that's that it heightens that disorder. And that's what we call PME, uh, premenstrual exasper- ex- exasperation. And um, sorry, those are big words <laughs> for my little mouth. That's why I like PME. But so PME is where you already have a disorder and then you, um, it, it comes and goes, uh, in more severity as your cycle changes, but PMDD is where you don't have any sort of disorder. And then, um, you get these, these sort of symptoms. So it's really important to make sure that as you are going through a diagnosis with a doctor, now remember it can take up to six doctors in 12 years, for the average female to get diagnosed with a premenstrual disorder. So uh, few and far in between. And that's why I think that this is more rampant than we realize. Um, So make sure you advocate for yourself. But that's why I think that we need to be careful because we need to uh, rule out all of these other disorders before we address, in a way, address the PMDD. um, Because you could... you know, some of these disorders have medications that help immensely with them. And so you wouldn't want to be diagnosed with PMDD and not have some sort of medication that could possibly work for you to help you live a normal life. And I would hate for somebody to have to experience PMDD knowing that they possibly could have solved, you know, their bipolar or uh, any sort of personality disorder, uh, with medication. Um, uh, instead of living with just PMDD. Uh, Now, interestingly enough, this is how I actually got um, 
put together, introduced to my co-host of uh, the 1% podcast that I'm a part of, and his name's Sabe, because Sabe has bipolar disorder. And as we talked, our symptoms were so similar, but mine comes and goes with my um, cycle and his is more in this uh, comes and goes in different intervals and with different triggers. And so we talked about that and we talked about the things that I am missing. And um, I have to say that it was um, nice to have a male who kind of understood what uh, PMDD looks like inside And um, that was actually super helpful. So I have this quote from a client that I wanted to share. Um, She said, one of the hardest things about PMDD is feeling like a different person every day. Sometimes I have wondered if I have a personality disorder because my perception of myself and who I am changes on the daily. Life is not linear, but it's especially not when you have PMDD. You can wake up confident one day and the next day you want to hide in a closet. You can feel motivated one day and you're struggling the next to find the motivation to get out of bed. You can feel positive and excited about life and the things to come one day and the next you wish you could run away and escape everything. I'm not exaggerating when I feel like I wake up a different human each day. I really do. Sometimes I don't recognize myself and nothing seems to make me feel fulfilled. Um, I can really relate to that. Uh, I can literally wake up in the morning and tell when my hormones have shifted into a level that my body is uncomfortable with. Um, this I have physical symptoms, um, but mainly it's just the mental mindset. And um, it it is like, like I said, it's literally like sunglasses are put on when you're inside a house. Um, you just cannot see things straight in so many ways. Um, And my heart goes out to this client of mine because I just never want somebody to feel this way at all. (coughs) Excuse me. All right. um, The next question is, do you have a day where you fluctuate happy tears or (laughs) tears, happy, content, rage, and more tears, fears? uh, We can keep going. Um, I have moments of outbursts and I have moments of on the floor with no energy. And I have moments of spurts of I'm going to rule this world. And and I think in all honesty, the fluctuation is the exhausting part. Uh, All of these emotions are just emotions. And, uh, but the fluctuation and how fast they can change and how much we honestly, those of us or me, I guess I could say me, so I don't generalize, but the, the fluctuation is what wears me out and the catching me off guard. I'm usually just super caught off guard. Like, oh my gosh, I just, I can't believe you just, and usually this is what goes on in my head. So hear me out. Like, I can't believe you just said that to your kid. If somebody said that to you, how would you feel? And so not only am I nagging on other people, but then I'm also nagging on myself versus normally, you know, my talk might be like, okay, go try that again. I know you're doing your best, but like even my self-talk becomes, uh, in the negative sense, you know, in those PMDD moments, this is not all the time. And most of the time, like I'm pretty good. I have worked so hard and I'm going to give myself credit for that. 
I have worked so hard in recognizing when I have PMDD, um, when I'm not in an okay space, communicating with my kids. Okay. I might be a little bit snappy and I apologize, but like, I am not in control is nearly as much as I want to be. And we don't know why yet. Um, my girls, I am an open book with my girls because the last thing I want is for them to feel some sort of shame. Uh, I have enough of it and this is not their fault. This is nothing that they did. And I'll tell them like, these are things that I've had since I was a child. Um, um, and most people, most women can look back and see that they were maybe highly sensitive as they, um, aged and grew up. But, um, a lot of women are more diagnosed more in their twenties than anything. And, um, but I was, you know, I had these symptoms since I was 10. So yes, there are moments that I fluctuate so much that, like I said, I even catch myself a card. Um, question number four, does it feel like sometimes the smallest issue, uh, will crush the world? And sometimes the smallest issue does crush the world. In fact, just the other month, my husband and I, (laughs) I'm trying to remember what it was about. My husband and I were in the kitchen. Things had piled up. Uh, especially in PMDD, I keep a lot of things inside because I know how disordered my thinking is. And so the last thing I want is just to have a conversation because I cannot, I literally cannot have one. Um, but I think I snapped at him for, I think it was for the organization of the fridge. Like I had just spent an hour organizing the fridge to number one, make myself feel better because when I, when I, get stressed. I like to clean and organize. That helps me just my outward, um, environment helps me feel a little bit more in control of my inward environment. But anyway, so my husband and I lost it and, um, it was over the stupidest thing. And we got so far into the argument and it lasted so long that that I felt even more stupid to even bring up what the stupid argument was even about. (laughs) So And then it can even be, you know, just like an email or a text from somebody to even answer them feels soul crushing. Like I literally, I, I think I've said literally a a lot, but like I have to turn off my phone sometimes. Um, and the, then there's that shame part and trying to respond later to say, I'm sorry, but we're responding in such a way that, uh, it's almost too late for the conversation and you know, they know you saw your messages, but the, the response is not possible. And I know that there's a part of those world crushing things. That is the anxiety that comes with trying to navigate the internal war that is going on inside of your body and your mind, uh, and trying to outwardly express what you need to express in a way that you would on a normal day. And most women who have PMDD who are aware of it are also very aware of how they're speaking and what is going on because they caught PMDD, you know, they're diagnosed with that and they've had it for long enough to recognize um, that sometimes the, the reaction to the chemicals, the hormones in our body is, you know, shifting that. So yes, uh, the smallest issue, I mean, it could even be that I knock over a cup of water. It could even be that I uh, 
you know, my teeth are bleeding or that my, you know, a lot of the times I'll have a lot of sensory disorders when it comes to clothing or shoes, like, and, and I can't wear certain types of clothing because they irritate me because I can feel the seams. Um, so I think it becomes world crushing because I, I would believe that most people with PMDD are very highly sensitive to any sort of sensory stimulus. And so it becomes overwhelming to the system and the system can't function. And so any sort of, you know, just little pin on top of that, you know, just makes the whole Jenga block fall. All right. So we're on to question five and question five is one I hadn't received before, but it was an interesting thing to consider for me or maybe those I was around. So the question is, are you neurodivergent? So neurodivergent means that your cognitive function is not in like a normal range. So kind of interesting way to think about that is like having PMDD is where you are maybe hormonally like that. Like you don't, your hormones don't process normally in a way. Um, but this is where your brain actually doesn't process things in the typical way. So for example, people who are neurodivergent can have dyslexia or autism. Um, but, um, some characteristics. So I want, I looked up characteristics of people who are neurodivergent and some of the things that I found are struggling with reading and writing clumsiness, finding it hard to cope with crowds, bright lights, loud, sudden noises, or social situations, difficulty with focusing or keeping still, no smiling or social responsiveness. So if I were to go off of what I had known about uh, being neurodivergent as the classification of labels of autistic and dyslexia and so on and so forth, I would have had said no. But when I looked up the characteristics of people who have neurodivergent thinking or functioning, um, absolutely. So I struggle with reading and writing. I find that I read the same thing over and over, the same line over and over, or I have no, absolutely no comprehension of what I've read. Um, even though my eyes are scanning, I just don't comprehend. And that's actually been a problem for me, uh, especially... Um, thinking that I am broken, you know, versus knowing that it's PMDD um, and wondering why I just can't seem to get things down like other people can sometimes. Um, and I think that that might be absolutely true in that case. The second one is clumsiness. Um, sometimes I like to think of the clumsiness coming from the 35% drop in cognitive function that happens. But if that's the case, then yes, I am neurodivergent. Because most women drop 35% in their um, cognitive function during their luteal phase. So yes, I would consider clumsiness. Uh, so yes, I would be neuro neurodivergent from that. Um, the next one, finding it hard to cope with crowds or bright lights or sudden noises or social situations. Absolutely. Um, I get scared super easy. Um, I get massive migraines or I can't keep my eyes open if lights are too bright. Um, crowds really overwhelm me. So we tend to not go anywhere that has lots of crowds. Uh, 
especially during the holiday season, I get very overwhelmed. I'll get overwhelmed at the grocery store if there's too many crowds. Um, And I don't think that that's, let me put it this way. I think that sometimes those things are normal, right? Like sometimes our brain does process those things as sudden or more than at a higher uh, rate of more than what we're normal, you know, more than what is normal. But when it comes to PMDD, those things skyrocket for me. Um, difficulty with focusing or keeping still? Absolutely. <laughs> I have like 80 tabs out during luteal phase because I just can't seem to be able to focus. Like I have a hard time getting into the flow, especially for work, especially for writing these podcasts or uh, writing emails back to people. I have a hard time staying in that flow. Um, keeping still. I do a pretty good job with that because I get so sick uh, physically that I have no energy and staying still tends to be um, okay for me, but uh, I can't even stay focused while I'm, you know, laying down. I tend to, my brain rolls and I, again, like I read the same sentence over and over and over, same line in a book over and over and over again. Um, and then finally, no smiling or social responsiveness. I don't know about the smiling one. I tend to still be very socially capable when I am out and about um, and maybe more on one-on-one. But social responsiveness, I get to a point where I just like, it's like there's a big wall and things just aren't connecting for me. Um, yes, I I would say, yes, I have a hard time being super social, social, the social, having super social responsiveness. Um, I would say absolutely have a hard time with that. The no smiling, maybe that comes more easily for me um, because I've made it more of a habit than anything else. All right. So the final question of our six questions are, do you feel paranoid that everyone hates you or people are mad at you? I definitely experience this while I am on PMDD, where I feel like I can walk into a room and I can hear everybody's judgmental thoughts uh, towards me, or maybe that our energies brush against each other, and I feel some a little bit of apprehension. Um, I think that that's colored by the lens of PMDD, but I think that it's also safe to consider that. Uh, PMDD can be a superpower in a way of recognizing energies. Um, I can feel when people are more mad at me, probably because I'm more sensitive to energies, period, you know, to sensory and stimuli, period. So uh, the answer to that is yes, I do feel like people are upset at me or uh have a grudge against me. Um, and there are times when I do know that that is distorted thinking and I am missing the truth, but then there are other times when, and a lot of the times where I haven't been wrong, uh, I've just been more sensitive to be able to feel, uh, those repercussions of maybe something I said, you know, because I'm extra sensitive, therefore I can take in that stimuli a little bit more. Um, I hope you guys got something out of these six questions and learned a little bit more as to what, um, what PMDD is like and how curious people are about it. 
if you guys have any questions, feel free to drop them in the comments boxes or uh, shoot me an email. You can find that on my website uh, through Instagram. I'm happy to answer the questions that you have. Most people ask because they want affirmation of their own symptoms and their own problems. But every once in a while, I get somebody who is super curious and fascinated by PMDD and uh, you know, I love that because that's what I'm trying to create here is an awareness of premenstrual disorders and awareness of what they do and to uh, help people understand that <clears throat> it's not always in our control. Our mindset is not always in our control and the things that we can do uh, inside and outside of PMDD or any sort of PMD to be able to manage and live a life that is healthy and thriving and uh, constantly bettering ourselves and constantly working our, on ourselves. So, all right, we will go back to our regularly scheduled uh, scientific type studies and knowledge and education, but I hope to incorporate these PMDD Real Talks uh, every so often for you guys. And thank you for joining me today. And we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening to Listen and Know. I hope you found this episode helpful and informative. Also, if you know someone who might benefit from this information and these ideas, please share this podcast and send people to the Adagio Fit website and Instagram account where there are more resources, past podcast episodes, and the ability to coach with me. Also, if you have any questions or topics you'd like me to cover, please let me know. I want to remind you that you are not alone. Millions of women around the world suffer from PMDs, and there is help available. If you are struggling, please reach out to your doctor or a mental health professional. There are also many online resources available, such as my website, adagiofit.com, the Premenstrual Disorders Association website, pmda.org, or the International Association for Premenstrual Disorders, iapmd.org. Remember, help is personal and possible. You are not alone. Thank you for listening. Please note, this podcast is in no way to replace your primary care health doctor. I am not a doctor or a professional, and I ask that you consult with yours before you make any significant health changes. Thanks.